From the Financial Times in New York, I'm Amy Keene, and this is FT News. We're like the piggy bank that everybody's robbing, and that ends. The relationship between the U.S. and its closest allies plunged to new depths over the weekend at the annual meeting of the Group of Seven Countries. Donald Trump called for Russia to be readmitted to the G7 and clash with fellow leaders on trade. The FT's U.S. economics editor, Sam Fleming, was in the Canadian province of Quebec, where the summit was held. Sam, what went wrong at the summit? Towards the tail end of the meeting of G7 countries in Quebec on Saturday, diplomats were starting to sound cautiously relieved about proceedings. It was a two-day event which was marked by significant debates and the divisions between the U.S. and its allies. But it appeared to be that the U.S. was willing to endorse the so-called communique, which is the joint statement by the G7 countries at the end of the meetings. What no one expected was a total reversal by the United States president after he left the summit. President Trump from Air Force One uh, fired off tweets attacking directly Justin Trudeau, the Canadian prime minister, apparently after Mr. Trump watched the post-summit press conference that Mr. Trudeau gave and took umbrage at some of the Canadian prime minister's statements. In particular, a comment by Mr. Drew that he wasn't going to be uh, pushed around by the Americans. The upshot is uh, that weeks of painstaking diplomacy and two days of attempts to find common ground between the US and its allies were blown out of the water uh, in an instant. And the G7 now appears more divided and more at loggerheads than really at any time since the inception of the group back in the 1970s. And how did things go at the meetings until that tweet, until that big explosion at the end of President Trump's visit? Well, the G7 summit was rocky, really, from the beginning. Even before Donald Trump arrived, he spoke to reporters outside the White House just before taking off for his trip to Canada and said that he wanted to re-invite the Russians back into the group. Uh, It was an extraordinary suggestion given that the Russians uh, were initially ejected following the annexation of Crimea. And since then, relations between G7 countries and the Russians have only deteriorated further, especially in wake of the election interference allegations and also the poisoning in Salisbury, the UK city, of a former Russian spy. So that suggestion, which seemed almost a spur-of-the-moment one by Mr. Trump, was uh, rejected out of hand by his G7 allies. Now, at the heart of the debate at the summit uh, in Quebec was trade, and there was no evident progress on trade whatsoever during the uh, course of the summit. Uh, Instead, Mr. Trump squared off against his allies, repeated his customary complaints about the size of the U.S. trade deficit, Uh, inadequate contributions to NATO, and so on. Uh, And really the scale of the differences between Mr. Trump and his allies on trade was really exposed when he did his press conference at the end of the G7 meetings before getting on Air Force One, in which, first of all, he made the extraordinary suggestion that the G7 could become a tariff-free zone, something which no trade experts really see as particularly realistic. And second of all, coupled that with some pretty dire warnings suggesting that unless his counterparts in other countries drop their tariffs on the US, the US would somehow simply close its markets to them altogether. And Mr. Trump suggested that would be a profitable thing for his country to do. 
So where does this leave things for the G7? What happens now? Well, the G7, as I said, has been around since the 1970s, and it's played important roles in helping to steer the global economy ever since then. For example, uh, in the 80s, with uh, the G7's role in helping to guide the dollar in the financial crisis in 2008, the G7 played an important role as well. It's a much smaller grouping in terms of its share of the global economy than it used to be. Uh, the G7, uh, the G20 rather, has become a more prominent group. But what uh, diplomats in the advanced country members of the G7 have said for a long time is that it can be quite an efficient group. It's uh, a place where like-minded uh, countries can come together. And it's been seen as really a, a critical part of the alliance of advanced uh, economies, really led by the United States. Now, this group uh, currently appears to be utterly dysfunctional. And it could get even more so if the US continues to ratchet up the tension over trade and retaliation uh, ensues from its major G7 partners. Now, diplomats uh, still believe that the alliance of G7 countries plays an important role. It's an important format for leaders to get together, debate things face-to-face -face in an in a intimate setting, and attempt to resolve their differences. And they also point out that presidents are not forever. But for the time being, the G7 looks less like a forum for like-minded countries to reach common decisions and strategies and more as a venue for people to disagree and end up in, at least on social media, shouting matches. And we know the president left the summit early for his trip to Singapore to meet with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. No doubt what happens in Singapore will, at least temporarily, overshadow the news from the weekend in Quebec. Thank you, Sam. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.